The Razor Show is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real-time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to get you the best last-minute deal, sometimes as much as 60% off. Now, I'm all about the sporting events. Love to go to the hockey games, basketball from time to time, baseball, whatever it may be. But you can't forget about the theater tickets or the concert stuff. That's also available on the GameTime app. The GameTime app is simple, it's quick, and it's easy to navigate. Download the GameTime app in Google Play or the App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Welcome to The Razor Show with the Athletics' Nick Underhill and Jeff Powell, plus three-time Super Bowl champion Matt Chatham. Well, hello. Are we still doing the voice? Hello. <laughs> Feeling a little goofy here on a Monday morning. Doing a little Seinfeld voice. I don't know where that came from. But anyhow, it's uh, this is a Razor show. It's Matt Chatham ready to roll here and dive into this thing. Uh, you're going to be, I think, a little bit floored by what you hear out of my mouth today. And uh, I am uh, team anti-hot take, and I am team sort of measured response. I'm team in part measured response while you're getting this a little bit later on a Monday morning because I wanted to go back and really carefully, slowly go through uh, the entire game. And and the unfortunate part about uh, doing really quick Monday reviews for you guys is uh, you don't get the coach's copy and that annoys me to all end. It'll never stop annoying me. I would love to be able to have that. You know, it should be available at 5 a.m. the next morning. I understand why the NFL can't get that right. should be available so we can really look at everything so people that have to do my kind of job uh, can have a really thorough, accurate uh, you know, resource to look at as opposed to getting it sometime on Tuesday. By then, you know, a lot of people are already starting to look to the next game. But did the best I can. It's still watching back this broadcast. I'd say it's like a 50-50 hit rate kind of thing. Sometimes it's a little hard to see the protection because you're getting a sideways view. And so it's oftentimes hard to see what's going on down the field. Uh, but I think there's enough here to say what I so often don't say in the show. And I'm not teasing this to try to you know, you're already here, you're already listening. So I'm not teasing this to try to get more people listening or anything like that. Love our audience, love what we're able to sort of provide here with time and, and a little bit of analysis. But uh, yeah, I think I've said enough. Here it is. Quarterback play was pretty bad in that game. Uh, and, and that was surprising to me. And I don't often say that. And I, you know, I, I have to really, really, really be sure of myself if I'm going to say something like that because you guys know my extreme uh, respect and admiration for Tom. Uh, but I think there's obviously a lot of things going on in the offense that are not good enough. Transition phase stuff. I sent a bunch of tweets off about that from Nesson last night as we were, you know, in game and then post game analysis stuff. Uh, you know, there's we can we'll go through the list here as we get going. But it is not often that I say uh, not good enough quarterback play was a big part of the format uh, of the formula. And that's just usually almost never the case. I mean, we each and every week we can say there's a player two or three or four that could be a little bit better at that spot, just like all spots. Uh, but this was a night where, uh, you know, an afternoon in Philly where, uh, you know, uh, Tom didn't play very well. Uh, and I think there's, you know, when you get to the point where it's like, okay, I've counted four plays, counted five, counted six. Okay, yeah, that, that doesn't make for a full game theme. You start to get over ten plays, 
And it's like, okay, yeah, this was this is a big cause and effect to the efficiency that the offense is happening. And uh, you know, it, in fairness, it's sort of I, I try to hedge a little there out the front. There are a handful of plays where uh, I'm getting cut off on the back, and I'm not seeing what may be closed for him that prompts him to do something else he's doing. So that that is a part of it. But there are enough here uh, where I have enough information. Man, like I said, I get into the double digits, and I'm like, yeah, this is kind of about not good enough quarterback play, which is. From the goat, from my buddy, um, you know, I have to, I have to be very, very certain uh, that it's that before I say that, and uh, that's kind of where we are today. And you know, here's there's two ways to take that information. I know there's a crowd out there that'll go, and honestly, the crowd's probably not listening to the race show, <laughs> but I know there's a crowd out there that will say, "Ah, Cliff, I knew it, I knew it. He sucks. He's terrible." All that stuff, right? Uh, and this was the evidence they needed. This was the break in the dam they needed to say, he's on the decline now, it's over, it's done, and start going that route. I'm not doing that, okay? So I hope we're very, very clear into what, what I'm about to do. I'm about to walk through the whole game. And I mentioned a number of plays where Brady didn't do well. Uh, but I'm not connecting this to some future event. I'm not connecting this to some trend. I'm not connecting this to anything other than these plays. And uh, I would say one giant caveat that I keep reminding myself as I'm watching back these, I can't find many of them. You know, if I say if I've got a dozen here that are like real, ugh, you know, that's got to be better at the quarterback spot. Uh, none of them are like, well, he can't do that now. So that's where I think the giant, most important piece of information here is going to come from this. I'm criticizing the quarterback because, you know, that's what you got to do if you're analyzing a play. Uh, I'm pretty sure when they go into team meetings this week, Brady's going to get it pretty hard uh, from, you know, his position coaches and from his head coach. And that's what's helped drive him so far and, and do so well um, because he's done virtually everything we saw as a mistake in Philly at some point really well this season. So uh, I know the offense as a whole hasn't strung them together, but this is bad performance. I think it's just all it is. And, uh, you know, to give my buddy a, a you know, a, a sort of lifeline a little bit here. He seems to be aware of it because if you listen to Tom's post-game comments, I believe he was up there for a minute and 50 seconds-ish, whatever it was. Real quick, real brief, he was pissed. And, uh, you know, you're certainly not seeing a guy that's okay with bad play. Um, He's going to have some way more information than I am about other things that he believes that are causing the bad play. But he doesn't act that way if he just thinks, hey, I'm smoking it and everyone else is fucking up and uh, I'll have to you know, lay into them next week. And I have to send a message from the podium that it's not okay. I, he kept his answers were brief and, but telling, uh, up and down, up and down practice and pra- you know, what we need is what's the problem, practice and execution, practice and execution. And he's probably talking about himself, you know, as much as anything. And I think that may get missed because people say, Oh, the line play, Oh, the receivers, all this stuff. Um, I, I think that level of disappointment is, grounded a little bit in very much so in the fact that he's the world's biggest you know world's best competitor and he's not very playing very well himself so that'll beat down on you um is that going to change shit go ahead and bet against it i certainly wouldn't i think it'll change absolutely because i think this is a guy who when he does have bad days and we all do when he sucks he's gonna go back and watch the film and fix it and uh, that's just kind of how it always is or they'll put him in better position to make sure he can can ace it he'll check himself out of some of the stuff he kept him he kept the offense in on this day and I think that was a big part of it I'll, I'll talk through those specific plays uh, but everything fixable I presume everything will be fixed I think that's the safest bet in the world but on this day in Philly the offense was a major major problem and the quarterback play was a big chunk of that um, now I'm going to go forward here 
and say that I'm a dumbass for leading that way. Um, maybe that was a little emotional on my part, so I'll call my you know Matt Chatham's a dumbass uh, in part because I don't think that should be the story of the game, and I just made it the story of the game by leading with it. So screw me, right? Uh, the defense played tremendously well. That's the story of the game. So I'm gonna you know I buried the lead. What the fuck am I doing? So <laughs> you know, the real story here is on a team that has been a defensively led team throughout the course of nine games comes out here in their 10th game after, you know, nationally being questioned a little bit because they had a really, really poor performance, particularly for about three series in the Baltimore game uh, early that just buried themselves uh, against a really goofy outlier opponent. They had a bad game. They get a bye. They come back and uh, they definitively reminded people that this is the best defense in the NFL. So that's the most important part of this story. You know, that's, that's really the biggest, that's what this pod should have been a you know, about if I hadn't put my foot in my mouth there. But if 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 you're going to take one monster takeaway from, you know, Philly and try to synthesize this thing down into a sentence or so, it's basically the defense is 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 still uh gangbusters. They're they're tremendous and the offense has a long ways to go, but they got time and the right people in place to do it. Uh, so that's I think that's what's going on. So let's dive into this a little more particularly. I'm not going to drag, you know, you know, this is like dragging faces on concrete kind of thing because I could get painful if I go every single bad play. This isn't meant to be some dark and dreary thing. The Patriots won on the road in Philly. Tough place. You know, it's 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 a good win. Uh, but they don't feel good about how they won, at least on one half of the ball, obviously. So we'll try to go through those. Now, they start the game. Uh, on the on defense, uh, there's no edge rush uh, to start. So, the, the, excuse me, edge to the rush. No edge to the rush is my note. Uh, Wentz throws this javelin ball. So they have the right edge kind of gets penned a little bit. Wentz gets out, um, and this was telling. And this is in part something that read hear what I'm saying and and apply it also to what's going on with Brady, especially in this first quarter. I think the numbers were like four, somewhere between 14 and 16 miles an hour, what I was seeing. I used NFLweather.com. Um, you know, I was home in studio here, obviously, guys. I was in w- Watertown, so I wasn't actually feeling the, the conditions there. But of all the NFL games yesterday, the only one that had a, a north of 10, at least for the pregame forecast uh, win component, was actually New England. I watch that stuff because in the wagering world, when we're doing our national show, I think that's really important. If you're, you're predicting game style, wind is, is a big part. Um, so... They had the windy first quarter thing. Uh, I think it dialed down or became a little bit more mild later in the game. But this play with uh, the the no edge there and then Wentz escaping, uh, he gets out and it almost looks like a javelin. Looks like high school, you know, high school track that I remember. Obviously, professional tracks going to look somewhere too. But Wentz escapes and he does like this three four step jot and then throws the thing almost like a javelin through the wind and. Uh, it looked like, you know, it was like a full body throw and it's only traveling maybe 55 yards in the air and Wentz can throw a football further than that. But I mean, again, I think it shows that there was a win factor here, but it was so stupid that this ends up being a flag. So defensively, the entire first drive is basically defined by two plays and that blows. Uh, but it's this javelin kind of throw into the wind. Jason McCourty and I'm not sure who the receiver was in that play battling for the ball. Uh, McCourty is definitely grabbing a little. These are mild grabs, but the defensive, uh, but the wide receiver is arm barring. He's got his, his his elbow forearm up into a, up into the sort of chest and neck area or whatever they like. People like saying that now uh, uh, of the defensive back. I'm saying it is an absolute 50 50 battle. You could call offensive pi as easily as you could have called defensive pi. I think in those moments, especially on an 
underthrown ball in the wind. You can't just bail them out. But that's what they did. I hate the spot foul in the NFL. Literally two plays that the Eagles had that were worth a damn on that first drive. And one, uh, this isn't, it shouldn't even count as one that's worth a damn. I mean, it's a, it's a 50-yard fucking penalty. I hate that stuff. Uh, so there, there shouldn't be spot fouls. And I know the alternative, every time people say this, is like, oh, if they didn't have spot fouls, if they just gave 10 or 15 yards for pass interference, then all defensive backs would do would grab them and hold them and tackle them if they knew it was going to be a touchdown. Guys, that's been the rule in college football for, since the beginning of the time, that, you know, at least that I'm aware of. So it, this doesn't happen. There just shouldn't be spot fouls. Basically, what a spot foul does is assumes a completion. And that is not an assumption that should ever be made in a complicated play down the field traveling that far. But they give a spot foul on a 55-yard ball into the wind where two people are fighting equally, could have either gotten a flag, and next thing you know, it's a fucking 50-yard penalty. Just so stupid that, that our game's rules work that way. Because it's, 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 it's free. It's like a, it's a game glitch. Here you go. Here's half the field. And, uh, you know, one couple plays later, they get a kick a field goal. Uh, but as much as anything, kudos, kudos to the Patriots for getting the stop there and, you know, not allowing it to become more. But that was basically three points from a flag which is stupid. Anyway, moving forward to the Patriots offense, they started off with a screen to Sony Michelle, 12 yards right off the bat. Great. And I loved it. I actually thought the play calling was really good early execution. Wasn't, we'll get into that here in a second, but Sony Michelle had a few nice plays on the stand. I know it's going to get kind of lost in the wash because they really got away from the run game and targets with him. He made some mistakes too. We'll get into those, but, um, nice, nice drive start, nice game start there for the offense with that play. Um, now, I'm team Landon Roberts as fullback. This happens on the, the, the first down play here coming up next. Uh, loved it, this uh, and advocate for this. Let's all keep an eye on this together moving forward. They could do 22 personnel, which is two backs, two tights, put Lacoste and Ben Watson on the field together with Landon back there, so two backs and two tights. And if you want to be heavier run, Landon is a little, you know, bouncing ball of butcher knives. He's a, he's a short, stout, you know, thick dude, loves to hit, loves to stick his nose in there. He does a good job at middle linebacker. He had a sack last night. Uh, he's in a rotational kind of role there. Obviously, he's heavily involved in teams. But I kind of dig this idea of they go get their, you know, their heat-seeking missile guy and say, hey, you could play fullback too. I think this is a great way to get a land on the field for maybe 15 or 20 more snaps a game. And it's a great way to sort of, you know, bridge this idea of not having a fullback on the roster. And much better than putting, say, Ben Watson in that role and having him wham block and having him lead block. He's a 38-year-old guy. You don't want him getting a head-nicked thing. You know, it's just we're a little more breakable in our older age. <laughs> so I kind of like the idea that they found an on-roster example. Now, all the lead plays that he was in for, I don't have the number in front of me, but they ended up in like three-yard rushes. Okay, so we're not talking about, oh, they did that lead play with the linebacker playing fullback, and they got 15 and shit. Do that every down now. No, I, I these were efficient enough could get, you know, we'd love to see these become four or five yard plays, but they were three, but we're not talking about any, uh, you know, gimmick with the linebacker playing fullback and you get stoned and you get zero. That wasn't the case. Best of my recollection. Anyway, I have at least two of these down here where I'm like, Oh, Oh, it worked. Good play. Efficient play. Not a great play, but a good play. And something I want to see more of and love to see where that goes because, uh, both Rex and, uh, and Sony do a nice job with the fullback in front of them. And Alandon gets out of the way quickly, which I, I know backs love. Uh, I had to play that fullback role. I did the converted thing for a while, too, for short yardage for a couple seasons in New England. And I know one of the biggest things that they press is don't 
make the back wait on you. You he wants to follow you. You get the fuck out of the way. Get in there quickly. Make your block. You know, go be a torpedo. And I kind of love. I love doing that stuff too. So uh, I think he's doing it the way that you know they're going to want to have it done. So that'll be interesting to see if they lean on that a little bit more as they try to find offense and reconfigure and you know just go through what works best for them. Uh, so next play. Uh, so yeah, we've had the nice screen to start things off. We have the Atlanta play. Second down, you get two tight ends in the field. Now Lacoste and, and and Watson are out there together. I tweeted about that little pregame. As soon as you saw Lacoste up, it's like okay, this is this is going to be a thing. Cool. Um, it's formations called Trey. So both tight ends on two receivers to one of the tight end side. And, uh, so it's three by one. Uh, and Tom turns down the open drag route for Ben Watson could have been completed for at about the four or five yard mark. And they needed to get whatever it is, seven there. So I thought that was a mistake. He now, not a mistake necessarily, but he does throw the seam ball to Edelman. So Edelman's in the two spot, tight into his side. Edelman extended it to another guy extended outside of Jewel. So he's in a slot kind of spot. He runs straight up the seam. He is open, uh, so you know I, I would say it's not as if Brady mis- made a mistake by targeting Jules there. It's a little bit harder ball to complete because he's just then stacking his defensive back to get open in that seam, and Tom tries to fit it in, but Tom let him by a yard too much, so it's an incompletion out in front of him. Where I, why I mentioned Watson dragging from the backside and open is well because you're in a you know second and seven kind of spot, and they you know just chose and but you know Tommy chose not to throw the four to five yard pass that was being hit on the move and the run that I think easily could have turned up the field and gotten that seven. So it's not a mistake to go to Jules. It becomes a mistake when you miss it, right? So miss on the seam, which is a slightly lower percent kind of a kind of proposition there, but then in, in doing so aren't hitting the other route. So it sucks. Now you're in third and third and seven. It is what it is. Uh, but Hey, this is a good third down team. And, uh, this is the failed screenplay. And this was a huge problem in the first half of the Patriots. They couldn't execute. Well, I, I shouldn't say all of them. Cause obviously the first play of the game for them was a screen, but they could not execute a screen to save their life. Uh, later on a- after that first one, they were a bad screen team. And again, I don't, Oh man, I, I cringe having to say this. Uh, Brady, Brady's a, big part of that. He, he just, he threw some bad screen balls. He a little bit panicky, uh, a little bit kind of sometimes almost throwing it a little too hard. Like, you know, you're only f- four inside five yards from one another on those kind of things. Sometimes you have to loft that a little bit. Sometimes you got to fit it in. It's not easy. I'm sitting here in a fucking boxers talking on a podcast. So I get that it's really easy to sort of lob stuff from, from here on a Monday morning, but Brady, uh, I just, he threw, he threw almost like his arm movement was really quick. Like, almost that panic thing. And he threw, really threw the ball on a line at Jules from a really close distance. Didn't really make it catchable. It was pretty unreasonable at that point. And what's happening here in the front portion is Newhouse is the left tackle, Tooney's to his side. He's got a rusher kind of shooting the gap between them. Tooney is engaging him just as Newhouse is. And they kind of start to allow the penetration to happen. And then Tooney does the little push him up field kind of thing. And that's usually what you're actually told to do on a screen. You want to invite the guys upfield. And, you know, there is a fake coming off this. So Brady's faking in one direction. And when his eyes flash back, you can tell he's feeling that that pressure near him. But you kind of want the pressure on the screen. That's like actually a good thing. I just feel like, you know, he turned and it saw it and just, uh, you know, did the, uh, and kind of like got the thing out of his hand. And uh, made you know it, it was really set up for a huge play. Can I say that maybe Newhouse should have you know blunted it a little more, not let it come through as much? At first, that was my first inclination. It's like okay, I see him kind of you know that's almost at Tom's feet. I think on that screen, you almost you know let let yourself take the the hit because I, I don't know. It's easy for again for me to say that, but 
penetration is good on screens. You want them coming up the field at you. You just got to hang, hang, hang there and loft that in thing there, put in a nice softball. But Tom threw one on the line from four yards, and it was just it was not catchable. And you look at the front portion of this, uh, the, the, the thing out in front of the, the play, man, it was set up for a lot. We're talking third and seven here, but they had like, I don't know, I opened up the count wrong here, but two, three blockers out in front of everything. Julian, a really good catch and run guy. Man, it was open. And why is it more frustrating? Well, because you know what? The Eagles actually were really good on their screens, on their one touchdown thing. They had the screen to Goddard. We'll get into that stuff later, but the screen execution was bad for the Patriots, and I think the quarterback's execution of the play was a big part of it on several of these. So, again, we'll move on, but that's, you know, that's off the field. There's four plays, uh, you know, well, first down play to start the thing, and then three bad plays after that uh, that, that just don't work. So, um, this forces the punt. Oh, excuse me. Now, so now, to the other side, uh, Patriots defense is back on the field. Um, one thing here that I wanted to connect to the earlier thing with, uh, or just you know, actually maybe some future stuff here with, with Brady is uh, Wentz. Uh, he airmails on the sideline on third down. I think he had a third and seven, third and eight, third and nine, something like that. But he threw a deep out ball uh, down the field. And I kind of was jokingly on Twitter referring it to as a Josh Allen ball. We saw some of those in Josh's rookie year where it's like, there's a dude on the sideline. You know, people overthrow balls on the sideline. It happens as a deep and difficult ball. But when you see the ball miss the guy by five-plus yards, you know, first hit like 10 yards out of bounds, <laughs> it has that kind of Josh Allen, ha-ha ball kind of thing. Um, and Wentz had one of those. So right when I saw that, I'm like, oh, well, he's not that inaccurate of a thrower. That's the wind. You know, and it happened to be going in that same direction as we're going to see, you know, some later Brady problems. So uh, just note that the wind affected both quarterbacks early. Uh, fairness to put that out there and, and note as much. Now, uh, we're back on offense here with the Patriots. Now, I thought this was actually a concept that came out of the bye that they leaned hard on. They seem to have resolved to do more of this. They did. It worked some and other times it did not. And I think it's probably something Brady's going to continue to work on, need to get better at, and can actually be something that's really good for him. Uh, it's not something we've seen a ton of in his career. What I'm talking about is dash. The word dash just means, hey, it's not boot. It's not uh, when a quarterback boots, he extends the ball to one side and then wheels around the other side and ends up outside the pocket to the side opposite to where he put the run fake. I'm talking about dash. It snapped to you and immediately you run to the side that you want to roll out to. So, uh, you're basic. You're not reversing out and going that way. You're immediately on the snap of the ball going. So basically, it's pocket movement. We're going to move the pocket. And with Tom, they're always moving the pocket to his arm side. So they're going to dash right to keep him right. Uh, and they have to. They have a really firm per edge to the pocket. Think who that is. It's Marcus Cannon or potentially a tight end crashing it in. If they're over the top about setting a really, really, really aggressive post to that edge, you can free space for Tom. And he can still, you know, even at 42 years old, his mechanics are good enough. He can hit balls on the move. Um, but they, so this is the dash play to Edelman really early first down play to start the drive. Great. They hit on it. Perfect. Love it. Didn't see any more of that in the day. So I have to put it out there that there are elements here that they could absolutely do that Brady can nail uh, that work to his strengths. You know, you're not going to get a booting quarterback with Brady at his age or his mobility, but Dash, you can. And Dash might be a great job because, or a great idea. It's a decent concept to go after because you're not expecting it from Tom. And if you're moving the pocket, to a place he'd rather be, and the route concepts are following that. Remember, that's also going to make some of the stuff that's that's going on down the field a little easier for, say, like a guy like Sanu or or uh, or uh, Nikhil Harry, because you know generally dash pass is going to make it into a half field read, the half that you're sort of uh, motion or you know moving the pocket towards. You don't you don't dash out towards the numbers and then throw back to the other numbers is the point. So anyhow, keep an eye out for that. And uh, they did hit on it really well here on the Edelman plays a drive starter. 
Um, now the next play was one of those ones where I wonder if Brady missed. Uh, uh, I wonder if Brady missed potentially a, a check because you know we've been talking about him for years. How Tommy is so damn good at just seeing what you're in, predicting what you might do to him, using up all the clocks, and okay, I got you. We can't be in this play. Let's go to something else. I thought the 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 math here didn't work, and I'm actually going to throw. I didn't have a time before I jumped on the show, but I'm going to throw a a clip of this later in the week. Math didn't work. And what that means is they're tossing it open. Open The open side of formation is the side the tight end's not on. So tight end to one side, that means a three-man surface. No tight end to the other, that's a two-man surface, guard and tackle. So they toss it open with a fullback. So it's a turn and toss open. But the problem is if you look at the body count on the other side of the ball, right of center to the side of the center where the open side is, Brady tosses that side. They didn't have the math. So there was actually four guys right of center. You can't expect the center to get back and scoop something on that side. It's four people right of center, three possible blockers, right? So you've got guard and tackle and fullback. So that's the three guys who could plausibly block anyone to that side. But you had four humans right of center. So there's going to be one extra person. If the edge guy comes, he does. He's not in coverage. You're short. You're short. So I thought that was one of those plays where why would they toss open? You know, if they just tossed it strong if they start or toss it tight you're good you got it you got the math you got to play maybe three or four yard play might not be a 20 but you know or 10 even uh but you you have the math that was weird to me those are the kind of things where had that call come from the sideline you know josh maybe calling that in and uh brady gets the look he sees i generally would expect that he would look at that and go yeah we can't run that into that check it out do whatever he does maybe check it to the other side maybe motion someone in maybe audible to some pass. I mean, that's just, that's where Brady's excellence comes in. This was a wasted play. They tossed open into something that couldn't have worked. So, um, yeah, again, look for a video on that this week. I'm going to sort of illustrate that better than I can here in a pod. Uh, but now the next, the next thing that comes is just, you know, this was Brady with screen plays problems. So again, you know, if I'm here with Tom, we're sitting here shooting the shit or whatever, he, he may just say, yeah, but there's something else wrong here, Matt. And I don't know it, but I'll just put it forth as I see it. Um, on this particular one, he double clutched. So maybe his view, and this is the other thing I'm not getting, unfortunately, for the broadcast. I would love to be able to see the coach's copy and see end zone and see if really this defensive end is maybe in Tom's throw path, and that's why he double clutched. It doesn't look that way from broadcast, so I'm kind of presuming that this is all on quarterback. He could have got it out a different way. Uh, maybe it doesn't look that way to Tom, obviously, standing inside the pocket, and without us having an end zone copy, I can't say. But anyway, what happens on this play is Tom drops back, uh, and then he double clutches. He starts to throw the screen, but he pulls it back. And it looked to me like there was plenty of room there to loft it over the top um, and uh, fit this thing in here. But instead, Tom does the double clutch, and uh, when he's double clutching, uh, then he pulls around the side and then he does the flip play. You saw him do that a couple times on the day where he flipped the screen. Well, that takes extra time. It's not an accurate thing. The back or receiver, whoever on this, in this instance, I think it was a back, had to reach low to get it. Um, and then it allows the pursuit to get a little closer. This ends up being like a five-yard play, uh, but it felt a little like Tom seeing ghosts. Like, I don't know why he double-clutched. didn't look like he needed to. Now, granted, if there's a defensive end sort of in the, the path, but a little off to his right, I thought this could have easily been lofted back to the left. I mean, it just, it just looked like there was a place to put it that didn't require him to double clutch. Cause when you start double clutching on screens, it's all about timing. The timing's off and then you flip it. The flip's not accurate. You know, you saw, which I think the fact that this was still five is a pretty big deal because, uh, that just tells you how much it would have been absent the double clutch and a better throw. So absent the double clutch and a better throw, this screen looked like it was set up to, you know, be 20, you know? So, uh, and then who knows? Cause at that point you got a really good ball after run after catch guy out there in, in, in space ready to roll. So, um, 
anyhow, that's how I saw that play. It was just another failed screen execution that Brady just looked a little jumpy. Um, you know, maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe he's wanting that that end to be chopped down, and uh, it's not chopped down, and that would clean it up for him. Maybe maybe they can start doing that. The only thing that gets a little dangerous when you chop ends, though, in screens is they maybe hit the ground and get back up and turn and pursue, and maybe catch that thing for shorter yardage. You really do kind of want to invite him upfield. So he seems awful uncomfortable right now. People being upfield near him. Uh, so this causes a punt, um, and uh, yeah, ends the drive. So. Not a good one there for the offense, obviously, and uh, they missed on a couple different things that I think they can they can hit and probably will hit moving forward. But self-critical, I think they'll they'll go after themselves and say we got to be better on these. Um, now, defense third and two. I wanted to make this point. Patriots back on defense here. Uh, this is the one time where I could sort of defensively say, "Hey, I saw that play in the Baltimore game. Hey, I know why they're doing this." The Patriots they saw Baltimore do that. They're replicating the play. It was third and two. It's called tunnel motion. Basically, it's a concept where you're starting on the snap of the ball from someone. Uh, well, excuse me, on this one, it wasn't tunnel. Uh, it, well, it kind of has a tunnel feel to it. <laughs> Let's not get into the, the words. Uh, my, my bad. Basically, there's someone who knows he's in man coverage to the quarterback's right side who pre-snap motions hard across the formation, and then it's snapped as he's on the other side of the ball, and then the route runs straight to the flat. Uh, off the backs of a couple people extending up the field. So it, it has a tunnel-ish kind of thing. We call tunnel when it's coming behind the, the, the line of scrimmage. This is actually snapped after it's on the other side of quarterback. So anyway, the point is some sort of one side of the ball motion to the other side and it's snapped while that person's on the run and then you're throwing it to that person out in the flat. That's something Baltimore hit on, killed them on on a couple plays. They did this here to convert their third and two and they were just a couple steps late on it. So I think that's the kind of thing that you'll see the pa- Patriots see again from other offenses because they still haven't quite tuned that one up. Now, it doesn't hit for as big a plays to get it against Baltimore because Philly's specialists were just not as good on this day. Um, they you know, they were down Alshon. They were down Jordan Howard. They were down uh, just on Deshaun Jackson. You know, they're just, just too many of their guys that might be better in that. Uh, you know, I guess Deshaun would probably be the guy that would be able to make more of that just weren't available and out there. So, anyhow, uh, moving on here. First and 10, um, the Patriots are a little poor in the Wentz escape. Uh, and uh, Wentz got out, you know, on just a four-man rush. They're not pressuring yet at this time. Uh, and the thing that I thought was the bigger problem here is he gets the dump off to Ertz. Ertz should have been tackled at about four yards. Uh, Jamie Collins had a shot at him and missed it. Actually, you know, took on the wrong side of the tackle. You know, he went back to the field side when Danny Shelton was in pursuit right there. If Jamie guards the sideline, comes up and tries to tackle that half of the man, Shelton hits him and then they they squish him. Instead, uh, Jamie misses to the to the pursuit side, side you're not supposed to, and it goes for nine yards. So that was some more of this like uneven, easy plan. At this time, you're still in the first quarter, second quarter maybe, whatever it was, but still first half. And there would sit this general theme over the entire team of just ragged execution. That's a bat. That's a poorly executed dump off play. The rush wasn't great, and then the tackling wasn't great. Um, so then you get the hands of the face. This is a second or so later. Ugh, hate that call. I don't need to do that soapbox speech today. But you can kind of get a sense here that there's a handful of things going on which is kind of really ugly early. Maybe sometimes the coming out of buy thing is more stale play than it is just, uh, you know, if you're expected to be sharper. So that that seemed to be more like this was. Now the tight end uh, screen here to Goddard goes for 20-ish. Big play for them. I think this is the nice contrast early. Patriots struggled to, to execute their screens, didn't get them off from the quarterback spot. And uh, the, 
the, the Eagles did, and they had a really nice one to their second guy. And this was odd because this basically hit against his own. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of Patriots play a lot of zone dropping, a lot, a lot, a lot of zone period. Uh, but they sort of soft dropped everyone low, and the the screen play hit out in front of those low zone droppers. So and then they got blocked up really well, and uh, that one hit big for them. Uh, Winovich gets hooked on the edge on the next play, so it's a first down run for five ish, which ends up being yeah conversion play. So when that was Winovich against I believe. Leave Lane Johnson still out there at that time, and he's a load. I mean, it's a big human being. Uh, Winovich does fall off and make the play, but it wasn't a great edge. It was hooked, and uh, got to be better than that. You can't have these five. That was the kind of play where you you know you're hoping for one or two, and you get five. And again, theme of the theme of the first couple drives here, or first you know half or whatever, wasn't exactly sharp. Uh, Hightower, and this is the next one. This is this really kind of the, the bad drive stuff here. Um, Hightower, now we've moved on to the second quarter. They're flipping directions, but Hightower blows through on a really nice dialed-up pressure. They they made the right call, but he doesn't come and break down. Wentz gets away, scrambles for eight. So you're thinking, damn it, all right, that, that was a really good call. They had him. Blow through, got to make the play. Again, guy in his boxers, former player, 10 years removed, just saying, hey, just do this. I mean, obviously it's, it's not easy, but that was a moment where play call was good, execution was poor. Uh, Sanders for screen for five. Um, this is another example of still ragged play, not a good, not good stuff going on here early for the Pats on either side of the ball. Uh, they ran the screen to Miles Sanders. He was missed for tackles at the line of scrimmage twice. I believe one was John Simon. I hope I got that right. I'm not trying to try, trying to bust anyone here. I'm just getting the names out. I think I think one was one was by a linebacker, one was by a defensive back. So basically, two people coming and miss at the line of scrimmage. Falls forward for five. So uh, that was a moment where. You know, again, play call and people in position to make a better play than what they did. Uh, now we have the Ertz touchdown, and uh, the only thing I'll say about that is I, I don't disagree that it probably should have been called a touchdown. Um, the thing that I think made this something that probably shouldn't have been turned over is because of the rationale they gave, gave for why they initially called it. Uh, an interception and a takeaway by Jonathan Jones. Because what the initial call, here's the direct quote. Before the receiver completed the process of the catch, the ball was taken away. That was my my official voice. Um, so that was the exact rationale they gave. Now, they, they're saying because he hadn't completed the process of the catch. So when you go back and watch a review, and it was only, you know, the, the, the CBS broadcast team showed like four or five different angles of this. I think only one really definitively shows you the bobble. But what I think had happened is, uh, I, I know what happened is that it, what the catch had not been completed when two hands touched it, the bobble happened, and it was as the bobbling was happening that that knee touched down. So I, you can't give them credit for completing the catch prior to the bobble. I think the completion of the catch would have to come post bobble, and it was at that moment where he was touching down. But as he was touching down, the ball had not yet been ripped from him. So it's a it's a tough call, and all I'm simply saying is. I think if it had originally been called catch, you wouldn't question it and say it's close enough, stay catch. I think the crazy thing to me was that because it was called the other thing and because of the particular rationale they gave doesn't have definitive evidence to show that it wasn't still being bobbled or, com- or completed because most of the replays we're seeing, the back was covering the ball. Um, I just don't think there's enough there to overturn the basic rationale that was given for why it was originally called an interception. So, again, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this as if, oh, they got screwed, they got killed, blah, 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 blah. It was a really bad drive defensively throughout the whole thing. There was a number of different things they could have done better that would have kept it from getting to there. And the Patriots, I think, got away with one in the second half themselves where they got a forward progress call that stopped the play that could have really easily been reviewed and been called a fumble. So, uh, even Steven will call that. Uh, now, offensively, the Patriots back out there. And, again, this is – to, to 
to emphasize this. It, it's just weird to be critical of Brady. It just it just rarely happens because he's he's almost always on point um, for the most part. But the offense starts here, and Brady comes out definitive, throws a nice ball, throws it right to Sonny Michelle as drive starter. Here you go, and uh, it's a seven yard volley. <laughs> it hits him right at seven yards, and Michelle volleys it in the air. Can't have a drive start like that. It's like okay, we're trying to get back on track. We're we're going. You know, Brady's hitting the open man as he's he's usually always so good at doing. And you volley the ball right up in the air. You got you got to catch that ball. If they're going to lean on you early as a drive starter. You got to be the guy that makes a play. Michelle didn't there. Um, this though is a quarterback problem in my view. The next play, it's that little toss to Burkhead, throw back to Brady. They're getting a little tricky. Okay, cool. Uh, but then you're now going in the direction of the win where we also saw Wentz airmail that out ball. Uh, you know, when he, and we also saw Wentz doing the sort of javelin run thing into the throw that was pretty much un, well, that was underthrown that become the 50-yard penalty. I think in that moment you're, you should have learned, if in, in assuming the conditions hadn't changed too dramatically, so that maybe trying to press the ball down for 55-yard passes isn't a good idea in this stuff right now. And on the trick play, Brady had Edelman just beyond the sticks at an 11 or 12-yard range off the, the the sneakiness and could have completed that, could have got a first down, could have kept it going. Instead, he went for the, the deep ball, and it hangs a little bit. And the, It's not double coverage necessarily, but the help element gets there to the to the covered player, and it ends up looking like it's thrown in a double. Unfortunately, it's just beat down. But in my view, they, they obviously spent that, spent time on putting that thing in over the bye week. And then this extra practice week, it's – you know, that's a good game plan play because it came open for Julian. And it could have been a first down, could have been a conversion, could have loosened things up for future plays and stuff. But I think quarterback made a bad decision about where to go with it there, particularly for the conditions because it hung and allowed the coverage to get there and it was knocked down. Instead, you you, know, you don't get the conversion you should have had. Now, you get the slant to Harry in isolation next. I think we should spend at least a minute on this. Uh, big Nikhil Harry first game. Didn't see much of him, but I think these are the kind of routes we'll start talking about more. He had off coverage. His, his guy is playing man-to-man on him, sort of outside shade man off the ball he's in that eight to nine yard range off of him on the snap of the ball there's a slight bail so in other words there's going to continue to be separation of about the same as pre-snap as they both advance uh and Nikhil you know runs the tight uh slant route looks a little like Josh Gordon quite frankly and uh yeah, gets the uh, get the ISO slant on the backside with with most of the formation to the other side. That's perfect. That's where I think he's going to be at his best, especially if they're going to give him off coverage. So good ball there thrown by Tom fits it in. Harry catches it, secures the thing, falls across the first down. There you go, first down, first catch of the young man's career. Great job there all around. Good execution, good play. I think that's something we'll see more of. Unfortunately, they didn't recreate that scenario throughout much of the rest of the game, which I thought it would have been great to see them go back to that three or four times. And if it fails, then I get to maybe turning something else. But they didn't find their way back to that concept much throughout the rest of the day. And I think that's something that, again, in review and say, okay, I think, bing, 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 you know, a little light bulb. Let's do more of that. Uh, and I think there's something there with that player. Uh, they get the illegal shift call in here in Sanu, and I think this kind of does unseat the drive a little bit, unfortunately. Well, it, it caused a little backup anyway. But the illegal shift on Sanu, he's motioning from the outside back to the inside, and they're getting him for sort sort of slightly stepping forward. It's real close, man. I, I thought that was kind of a, a chintzy call. Uh, I guess they're getting him for moving forward slightly on motion, but I don't really think he was. That was a silly flag. But anyhow, uh, the next thing is an underthrown, badly underthrown seven route to Julian. And again, I think this marries up with the trick play, play play I was talking about a little while ago. Julian running the, it's called seven pattern or flag or whatever. You're running a straight thing up the numbers, and you're going back out on a 45-degree angle to the sideline. Not straight to the sideline like a, like a deep out would be, but a flat towards sort of the flag. 
kind of thing. Uh, 45 degree angle there. And, you know, uh, whoever that defensive back was, Mills, I think, gets up and gets a hand on it. Fortunate that wasn't intercepted. It's badly underthrown. You see Julian come out of the break and stop and have to come back to it. So pressing the ball down the field in this goofy win was, was not a good idea. And they, I think they wasted some drives continuing to try to do that stuff. Um, Big play next, though, to Watson. This is good, and this is one of the caveats of the day. More of this, more of this, more of this, more of this. Uh, uh, ben Watson in the game made a couple big-time plays for them. Uh, he's running the inside portion of uh, – he's the first guy on scissors. scissors. You know, like scissors concept, you know what a pair of scissors look like. You have two, sort of the two blades, and they're going to cross one another. Uh, and you're crossing three or four yards down the field, and the, the person you – know, Watson's the first part of it, so he's really meant to sort of be the block – uh, and then watch the the other portion come around uh, and sort of wheel around up the sideline off of his his initial stuff. Um, Watson, as the underneath part though, is the part that gets targeted. So they didn't react well to him. Tom throws a really nice ball to him, and uh, he hits a quick open man, and it goes for like twenty two. Great stuff. Love that. Good. More of that. More of that. More of that. So I think Ben's going to be a big part of this offense. Uh, you know, but important. I'm just going to big. I'm not expecting ten targets or anything like that. But going to him three to five times a game for these release plays. You can tell this dude can still run. He's 38 freaking years old. It's amazing that Ben's body has held up the way it has. Uh, but he he made a couple big-time plays that really helped him on this day. More of Tom turning to him, more of him turning to, uh, to Ben. As I mentioned earlier in the game, there were some times on the low drag prior to this where he didn't hit Ben, and I think Ben gets himself open. Go ahead and give him the ball, and it'll loosen things, I think, as much as anything for the rest of the receivers. Um and uh, there's a shit show in this next play. Absolutely not the quarterback's part. No chance here. Uh, he throws the ball quickly out at the back's feet. I know folks at home that watch this game are going to have remembered several of these kinds of plays where Brady turns out of the play fake and his eyes immediately see a, a shit show and he just you know, he's, he's down in it. And the one thing I thought that was a sort of a common thread that would go through these ones where it's immediate bails that came off play action. And that matters because what happens when he turns off play action and he immediately realizes he's getting pressure. In other words, maybe he didn't discern pre-snap that pressure was going to come because against pressure, if they're sending them anyway, play action ain't going to bother anyone because they're not reacting to whether or not to come based off the play action fake. They've already chosen to come because they've chosen the pressure. So that seemed to be something that hit them. Uh, and I don't know if that's the quarterback not checking out of it, whether they would rather have him check out of it or if it's something that they're rolling with one way or the other. But if it seemed to happen on you know half a dozen plays where Tom is coming out of the play action fake and his turn right out of the fake to turn to look up field and he's not seeing the pocket as he wanted – which usually was somebody's involved in the rush that I wasn't expecting, and he just bails on the play quickly. So maybe these are more, you know, if we're getting these certain looks, let's get out of them pre-snap. You know, let's not be running play-action plays against pressures because the play-action's not affecting someone who's already told by call to come anyhow. Um, let's go on to this next one. Uh, th this was when I talked about the number of plays that I was seeing that were could have been much better by the quarterback. This this would be one of them. Um poorly thrown ball to James White on a flare. Um, you know, it's just right of the backfield, had him, and he just really quickly threw it, let him out, threw it kind of rifled, let him too much, just just missed the back. You know, just that very, very uh, uncharacteristic of Tom. But a poorly thrown ball to White on the flare, rifled it, let him too much. There wasn't pressure there, had nothing to do with it, just just bad ball. So incompletion there. Edelman, P.I. call, though, here moves the ball down to the 20. So they they get an advancement here. Julian got uh, uh, interference called against you know the guy covering him on a couple times in this day, and that was important. He was able to held. He was being held. These were legit calls. 
the next play, though, I think as they head now here to the 20, Brady actually does a really nice job of escaping, escaping pressure. I think the one thing Tom did do okay on this day is get up, slide, move, reset, and then actually continue to move to his right and get himself out on the move. He's going to have to get better at completing these balls, though, out on the move. So here's what happens. He does escape pressure. It wasn't real pressure. I mean, it was a really nice extended pocket. They did a pretty good job of blocking it up. Uh, but then as he's out on the move, he has Michelle, who's beat the linebacker. He's, he's out in space. He's advancing. This is only going to be a five- or six-yard completion, but Brady on the move misses Michelle, who had his guy beat. He leads him too far, misses the throw, would have been at least an eight-yard gainish, and this is first down. Uh, you kind of assume the momentum, catching the throw through the six and getting at least a couple more yards. Uh, the other thing that Tom does see, though, miss here, though, on the move is as he's flushing and going right, Julian over the ball, uh, was was open so at the stick. So he misses the open man, and then when flushed, he misses that open man as well. Uh, so just not a good quarterback play on that particular one. Shoestring ball to Sanu is the next one. Thought Brady uh, was a little late on this throw. Uh, Sanu's coming sort of off the pick from the outside to in. Uh, you really, when you're doing that pick element stuff, the ball's got to hit him right as he comes out of the pick. He was just a tick late. Not a lot, just it's small. And that's why I presume all the SIF will get much, much better with timing as things go on later into the year. But ends up not just being a tick late. He throws kind of a really quick, hurried ball, which makes me throw it, think he's... he's you know, just not seeing it, you know, that millisecond or as early as he should have. And then it it sort of prompts him to be quick with the mechanics. And the quick with the mechanics sends it to the kid's feet. So kid, guy, man, Sanu's feet. And Sanu does actually a great job of catching this thing off the off the grass blades there and, and, and actually making the play. Uh, but only gets three. You lead him, you get it there a mil, you know, a quarter of a second prior to that, and maybe falls forward with this thing to the five or six yard mark. So the timing of it, the execution of it all leads into how much of a quality play you have there and wasn't great on the quarterback part on that one. Third and seven, Brady has a lot of time, extends the play to his right and throws the ball into the stands. This is one of those ones where I can't tell you if it's quarterback error because the back end's cut off. I can't tell you if guys are or not, are or not getting open, but uh, Brady extending the play and being able to flush to his right Good job there with his feet. I think the band work, I think him still being able to move and get himself free of plays is still there. It's just, uh, you know, making a completion after that that we can't see. And I'm not going to, I can't go on that play and tell you what was or wasn't because it's cut off on the back end. But he makes a decision to throw it in the stands. And it is what it is. Now you go in, so that's kind of it. So punt on that play. Now the the next thing they come back is, uh, Excuse me. No, that I, that must be. Not, not, excuse me, not punt. That's field goal. It's field goal because they were down deep there. But anyway, drive drops, drive kills. So inside the red zone, that's that's going to go down on the stat sheet as another field red zone opportunity, and it was it, still a problem. Uh, so we're going to spend next week talking about what do you do about the red zone. I mean, we'll talk about personnel and people and stuff like that. But I think the overall operation has to get better. Quarterback has to play better. Everyone else to play better. That whole thing. Um, now on the kickoff, uh, Bailey, uh, your your kick-ass punter is also doing a good job on kickoffs. Uh, Brandon Bolden does a wonderful job of punching the ball out here. Punches it off the returner, uh, and uh, Bailey's right there to recover this thing. Doesn't boots it out of bounds, and you know it's haha. But you got to make the play. It just is what it is. I know you're a kicker, whatever. You got to make that play. Uh, the air quote defense, but the kick coverage team does an awesome job of getting the ball off the returner just think about what this game would been from a turnover standpoint had this been made good on and bailey's got to make that play guys got it off him it's free you got to make the damn play you're following the play in and shadowing the thing to make this kind of thing if it happens last man of defense for tackling but also to recover these kinds of balls bailey doesn't but look at what's not on the board ends up being a 
one turnover game uh, for the Patriots, plus one on the turnover differential. They get the sack and the forced fumble on Wentz. But they missed on this Bailey thing. Doesn't recover the forced fumble by Bolden. The Ertz thing, debatable again if whether or not it should have been called a touchdown or pulled off him. But pretty awesome that Jonathan Jones got that off thing, I think, in my view, should have stood because of the way it was initially called. But that would be a third force turnover. And then the fourth one uh, was the end of game thing with, uh, they took it from Terrence Brooks where he perfectly hits the, the the receiver in the chest, not with leading head, not with crown, that the broadcast and Roma really screwed up the analysis on that one. But it was perfectly hit. It wasn't neck area. It was chest with shoulder, no head. It was perfect. Made the ball pop up. Great, awesome football play. Pops out. John, uh, JC Jackson gets it. And uh, long return. I mean, that should have been four. Could have easily been a four turnover day. Should have been a four turnover day. Um but they get those. They get really three of them. Uh, you know, a couple because Bailey doesn't get it, and and uh, the other one because they they had the overturn. And I get that that's a close call. But that was one just straight stolen from them. And the Patriots were on this historic pace uh, for the turnover thing. And how good would four have been to continue towards that march? You only get one, and that's that's slow in the advancement. But it's not indicative of the play. Still crazy disruptive play on this day. Um, so let's move forward with this. The adjustment on D. I wanted to put this out here. And again, I, I don't want to slog through this. We're going to kind of get off the whole failing uh, offense stuff. I think we've hit on enough themes here that need better that you're going to have a sense of what needs to be better. And we'll talk about that much heavier here later in the week about how sort of to propose to do this to get a greater success rate other than than just simply being better. And um, we'll talk about that when we do a crossover with the Dallas people. Um, but the Alandon sack, Alandon Roberts sack, and I believe there's five sacks on the day, really made – this is the adjustment that I saw. There's still a middle, middle of the field safety on, uh, on this. And remember, the last drive was the one that went the length of the field, got the touchdown, the only touchdown the Patriots give up on the day. The, three, the field goal earlier, bullshit. It was the, you know, it was a flag, flag yards. But middle of the field safety, so you still got your guy up and deep in middle of the field. Man across the board, so basically all the extents, all the eligibles are extended from the formation. They got a guy across to them. And then they hug rush the back. They, they have two off-the-ball backers. One's a Landon. One, I think, was maybe Hightower. Or maybe it was uh, maybe it was Van Noy. Whatever it was. The point is, what this means is, if the back steps to your side and you're the linebacker, you take them. And you not just take them. You go across the line and get them. So they think you're blitzing. So that makes Miles Sanders block. That makes Miles Sanders be, Sanders be a part of the protection. Now, if he's a part of the protection, he can't get out and hurt you. And that had been something from earlier in the game. So the little adjustment here was, now we're not going to dial up necessarily a blitz, but we're going to hug rush the back with our four-man rush, which will make it feel like a five. And that six-person Land, or, uh, excuse me, Van Noy, he'll step into the line as well. In that way, it makes it feel like six. You can almost pull off one of the additional blockers. So it was a little mild wrinkle, but it was more of we're not going to sit back and four-man rush. We're not even going to just predetermined five. We're going to hug with the fifth and the sixth step into the line. It'll feel like six. It'll force the ball out quickly. With Lane Johnson now out, uh, you know, and actually this pressure had nothing to do with the failure of right tackle. So Lane in or not, this would have happened. Uh, but this that was the big change it's like it's sort of a pseudo six but it's as opposed to a definitive five I know that's a little bit into the weeds but that was the big change early that gets them the sack and then I would just say as a general theme from that point they went more aggressive and they're they're very well uh 
sort of armored here to go aggressive because it would have been it's dominant one on one matchup across the board. And even that's it, and how good do you have to be on your back end if you can take your best guy Stephon Gilmore out and have him be competitive against a damn tight end that weighs you know forty pounds more than you or whatever. So that was a big change. They felt comfortable enough to, with him doing that, and then they were still good enough across with JC with Jason and uh, with Jonathan that they could cover him up. So if they feel good enough in that. Get after him. They got after him, and that was back to the defense looking like you were used to. Now let's get on the offensive side of the ball the other way. Bad pickup here on a twist by Cannon and, and Mason. So I know the stories this week are going to follow this offense, and most of the talk is going to center around, whew, uh, Isaiah Wynn is back. That will now save the day. Everything is wonderful. You know, screw the new house guy. I mean, I know publicly there are, is a certain little cult that will just put everything on that guy. Newhouse was up and down in this game as he's kind of been throughout, but there were times where his his blocking assignment had nothing to do with the failure of the play. A lot of them. The majority of the play failures weren't because of Newhouse blocks. Uh, But that doesn't mean that he could not have played better. He could, and I think there will be a massive upgrade now here with Isaiah Wynn. Maybe we'll allow them to be a little more aggressive in some of the stuff they do on the left side or the ways they pick things up on the left side or the way backs get out, the way tight ends get out, or the times they're more willing to to island that. We will see, but it's not as if it won't help. But uh, I thought uh, this was one of those plays where it's like, hey, we should talk about the other stuff too. Marcus Cannon stud for this team. Shaq Mason stud for this team. They blew a little stunt between uh, in between defensive tackle and end, and they got major pressure in Brady's face and he had to throw it away so that's not on Tom Tom was bailing on it and he's bailing on it because of a game not picked up from two of the better offensive linemen so that's a part of this too it's it's you know it's 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 the whole offense uh needing to be better um now here was the one that I thought was really really crazy and I want to sort of last touch on this before we kind of finish things up there's no foul. This is the official talking on Julian. Julian gets a big, nice conversion, one of the better balls on the day, thrown by Tom, back inside, sort of interior in-cut kind of thing. Uh, down the field, throws it to Jules, big conversion, first down, there they go. And here's the rationale and conversation for the official. There's after uh, There'd been a flag thrown, but the, the, they, the officials convened, and they came together, and the head official says, there's no foul for unnecessary roughness. Defender went over the top of the receiver. That's Julian. Upon review... Yeah, they did. That was right. Good call. Uh, and the flag coming out, it just comes out because they see contact on the catch immediately. And that's what's been happening a lot lately, too. It's like they presume the illegal hit. But I love that they convened, talked, saw that it wasn't, and uh, yeah, they overruled. And that's right. That's what should happen. Now, why do I say, why do I make, why do I spend uh, 30 seconds on that thing? Because it's not what they did with the fucking Terrence Brooks things later. They blew that one, and I think that would have been the exact same situation where the guy in the play throws the quick flag. But the other sets of eyeballs, the, 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 the box judge should turn and look and see that there was no contact that way. One of the other back guys, other than the one who threw the flag, should have been able to see it. Maybe the review needs to call down, and this is a little like college. I like this in college. If they're going to throw the safety flag, the safety flag gets reviewed. Now, they're reviewing the safety flag in college to find out if they're going to eject the guy for doing it or whatever, which I, I hate that shit. Uh, it's still live ball. It's very difficult, and they're really splitting hairs here, whether or not it's a, an infraction or not. But in review, you would have immediately seen that everything the broadcast was saying, uh, the booth guys were saying, was dead wrong. It was shoulder. It was not neck. It was not head. It was shoulder chest. It was perfect. A beautiful, 
Wonderful football play. And it should have been turned and overruled just as they did when they saw Edelman think he got hit in the head, but then say, no, no, never mind, he slid over and passed. That should have been done the same way. And I, I will make a big speech about that because I think that's something that needs to be changed. If the officials are simply being saying, hey, Aaron, the Aaron caution, throw the fucking thing out there because we want safety. Well, the hit happened with, with, without the flag. But at least if they're going to throw the, the preemptive flag, well, then they should be able to quickly review it. And I'm telling you, I don't give a shit about time. If you're going to have this New York Super Center or whatever, if you're going to have all this review stuff up above, if I'm sitting in that room and I'm an objective official, I can quickly take the dial, spin that back. You show me. I can look at ten. I can look at two or three replays in the in a matter of fifteen seconds before people at home or people in the broadcast are going to be able to tell and go, "Was that led with crown? No. Was that head contact? No. Was that neck area? No. Was that no? It's shoulder chest. That's a fucking clean play. Get the officials to convene on the field. Make it right. Don't take turnovers away from people for blown calls. That could have been done in a matter of seconds. Could have done it myself. So that's aggravating to me because you take away a tremendous Tremendous football play. Team on a, dis, on a historic sort of disruption uh, sort of stretch here, and you just take them away. And and conversely, on the other side, you, you you did the good thing by reviewing, convening, and seeing that it shouldn't have been one of these stupid safety flags. So that sucks, and I think there's a better way to do it. Maybe it's adopting the college model, that if you're going to throw these fucking safety flags, there's a good chance you're wrong. Al Riveron, Sit on your hands, put your face underwater. We don't want to hear from you because we know you just want to overrule it. I'd like someone who's actually able to do this and is interested in getting it right, not just sort of throwing pity parties for his officials on the field. They're going to be wrong, and they need to get it right. These kind of things where you, you, you overturn a turnover and don't care to get it right and say, oh, that's not reviewable, it should be reviewable, just like college does. You should have the ability to change that call. Anyhow, pick up that flag. Anyhow, first and goal. Now the offense. Now they're going the other direction. So uh, the drive even after it ends up getting stopped. Now you got first and goal with the Patriots. Uh, Brady throws the ball. I, I don't know. I've obviously skipped ahead really far here, but I want to make sure that I kind of get through this particular thing. Uh, this is first and goal, I believe, after the fumble turnover. I think this is what I'm talking through here. But this would be your major, major disappointment of the day kind of sequence. Brady throws the balls right into the defender's hands. Uh, this is Dash, the good thing we were talking about. Uh, so, hey, this is the add-in thing. Let's get him moving and get him moving to his right side. He can do it. They they firm the pocket well. Brady didn't see it. So, uh, you know, threw the ball into the defender's hands on Dash. Uh, it appears that he was surprised by that that back defender that jumped in the way of Sanu there. So that's bad. Bad on the quarterback. Can't have that. I mean, that's man. That would have been what third, fourth. Third. We're getting to a, an uncomfortable number here of near near or actual turnovers in the red zone in the end zone. So again, when we're talk about how how they're going to be better in the red zone, you got to just you know can't do that. Um, I don't know what else I should say about that. But anyway, Julian on the next play, though, he drops a touchdown. So Brady, after getting sort of a second life here, does throw a really nice ball and hit on the exact right concept. Julian's running the, the inside route, man-to-man. Jules gets open, runs a great route. They throw a great ball. Julian drops it. So, again, it's your, your two studs kind of not coming through in that particular moment. Uh, back-to-back plays kind of is what it is. Now, third down, this is just a four-man rush. There's not pressure Brady decides to go with the flat ball to to uh, to White right off the bat. It, I don't know if that's a debatable decision or not, but uh, it, you know you're down here deep in the red zone. I believe this is on like the five yard line, something like that. Uh, it's down nice and deep, and uh, 
He goes with White immediately, which I don't think is necessarily a mistake, but you can actually look back through that play and and Watson had posted inside. Watson had posted up inside. I would have liked to see that ball maybe fit into to Ben. I'm, I would be curious to hear Tom's uh, walk and talk through that particular play. Maybe he, would, in retrospect, would have referred that route to White's, which would have required White to catch and run to make it at the end zone. But either way, there was not pressure on this play whatsoever. And uh, it looked like a little bit of a panicky throw by Tom. You know, he just, he just, it was off. It, there wasn't pressure, just a four-man rush. Uh, you know, it was just a flat ball, and he threw it yard out in front of Jewel, or uh, excuse me, out in, front of, uh, out in front of James. Missed him, you know. So just, you want to talk about red zone offense. I think either of those three plays could have been much better. Obviously, Julian just simply catching it. Uh, the first one, Brady just not throwing that particular ball. Maybe even running out, it can be an incompletion, but as lucky it wasn't an interception. And the third one just felt panicky. It just did. And uh, I don't know, maybe the, the dash stuff, they watch all this and say, okay, never mind, enough of that. Let's let Tom read the full field like he's so damn good at doing. I don't know what the resolution will be from that, but I think we have to fairly acknowledge that quarterback play was a big part of some of the execution, or some of the overall execution problems on the day. Ru- uh, offensive line didn't have their best day, but I don't think it was that bad. Run game, they just didn't spend enough time on this, so it, it can't become a big critical part of the run game. They 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 threw it. It was two thirds to one third pass to run. So you know that's that's just uh, that's what today was. Okay, now again, let's take a dig, big deep breath. Pushing away from the table, stretching here, going to get a little deeper into my coffee. That's what happened today. Um, wasn't Brady's best day. Was a tremendous day for the defense. So, you know, are you ever going to say, it was all Tom Brady and start talking about next season and start talking about him failing? And I kind of sort of suspect we're going to get a full week of that this week. Um, that's not where I would take this information. I would take this information this way. Tom is the world's greatest competitor. All the things Tom failed on today, or excuse me, on Sunday, he can absolutely not fail on moving forward. And I kind of suspect he won't. Is he going to fix all of them in one week's time? Probably not, because we mentioned there are enough moving parts here with people where he's he's making his own mistakes on his own. But you know, I think they're going to get each other into better plays where he can start being more effective here. I'll go ahead and say it, predict it, and it's not to be hot takey. I think this is more as just hedging being with the odds I think this will go back to being a high 20s early you know low 30s offense against whomever it happens to be on the field they're not there today I don't expect them to be there this weekend although home Dallas home cooking who knows maybe they maybe they do I say home cooking I think it's good to be home and maybe they'll just put it all together in a week's time and we know they're capable of that Brady is is good at seeing what's bad and I think he'll be hard on himself I think he'll be hard on the guys, but I think the guys are also going to be in those film meetings too and know, hey, I'm, I'm fucking up. I could be better. I'll do better. But it's the unusual week where the quarterback is going to be part of the people getting chewed out. And that's unfortunate, but just one week of 16. They'll move from this. They'll get better. Expect a really nice week, I think, here against Dallas. It's home, deep breath, start to figure out who you got. Lean on these two tight ends a little bit more. I don't think it's going to be passes to Lacoste, but letting him block targets to targets to uh, Ben, more targets to Nikhil in his ISO situation, figure out a better way to use Sanu, Julian not having the drop, Julian getting back to killing stuff, getting Julian the screens, Tom delivering that better. You got big plays there. Uh, maybe Rex more in the running game. Maybe Sony more in the running game. 
Uh, Dorsett, hope he's okay with the head because he's a big part of this offense when he's healthy. Don't know what role Jacoby's going to have. Made a play after Dorsett got hurt, then failed at another read that Brady seemed pissed at him, and probably rightfully so. Didn't make the right adjustment downfield. So that's a lot of rambly stuff. In the midst of all that, you're going to get Isaiah Wynn back. Uh, But it's rambly stuff to let you know that there are like 17 balls in the air, and uh, I think the one that moves them all forward the best is better quarterback play, just from this particular game. And I expect it. I kind of... I expect that it'll happen. Uh, a lot of faith in the person that made the mistakes this week, and I think he'll he'll correct them, and it, uh, it'll be back to what we're used to seeing. But that was a lot of gloomy talk about a win. A win, folks! So uh, be, be, be thankful. You get a win on the road. The spread was four. You won by seven, so you did better than expectations. So, uh, you know, that can't get lost in this. If any of my one-hour dialogue here helped cloud it, well, then screw me too. <laughs> That's your Razor Show. I'm Matt Chatham. I hope you help. I hope these sort of prolonged explanations help kind of flesh it out for the water cooler. Look forward for that. I look for our later week show here, doing a crossover with the Dallas market. I'm looking forward to that as always. I think I'm going to dive into a little breakdown here on what's going on with Dallas and how they'll account for them. Probably this is my own prediction on where go. Maybe I'll go a different direction, but probably I aim as I look into it to to see how to stop Ezekiel Elliott. This is another top back. Obviously, we're going to look more at this kind of the way we looked at the Chubb stuff. But I didn't do a long-form Chubb article. I did it more on Baker and his turnovers. But I think this is going to be one about their run concepts, how they hit on things with Elliott. As I've watched Dallas a handful of times this year, independent of the Patriots, I've just noticed that stop him, stop them. I, that's that's my strong feeling. That doesn't mean that you know Dak can't still have a big day. He can. Uh, but we'll get deeper into that later in the week. I look forward to talking at you on that and talking with the Dallas market people. But as always, thank you for checking out the Razor Show. I'm Matt Chatham. Go into those Apple areas with the reviews and bang out those five stars. Give us the positive stuff out there. You're listening to this show free. This is not. This is independent of a subscription with The Athletic. You're getting the Razor Show here wherever you catch your, spot, your podcast. And we really, really appreciate you for checking in. Keep spreading the good word. Enjoy your week, folks. Take care. I'm Matt Chatham. Bye now. 